tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Wars. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Ahsoka, Season 1, Episode 4, Part 4, Fallen Jedi. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about the midpoint of this season? I like this episode quite a bit more than last episode. Um, I had some new things to say. I, I just, uh, Lord Brian, uh, Darth Swanson, I, I haven't learned his name quite yet, obviously, but he's so fucking cool. <laughs> I one. love this guy. Yeah. Yeah, Darth Swanson. Like I said, he's my dude. He's my guy. Uh, he's my buddy. Uh, he's my new favorite character he's mm. he's just uh he's just the coolest guy and it's, it's it breaks my heart that we're probably gonna get him for this season because the the real life guy who also seems like a hell of a guy passed away um but uh yeah i thought the i i'm a sucker for lightsaber battles do you remember what i said when we first went into the phantom menace like you know we were all talking about our expectations do you remember what i said <laughs> boy that was felt like I almost know. 30 years ago no i don't i'm I sorry know. i don't remember that <laughs> I said, guys, I just want a really cool lightsaber battle. And you'll uh-huh. recall that I was the only one walking out of that theater even remotely happy because Duel of the Fates fucking delivered. Yeah, and one of the coolest. I, I thought this episode had a lot of really good lightsaber battles that had a lot of different intensities and skill levels. And um, I appreciated that. Um, I am, I guess I am disappointed that they're going with the what what seems to me that we're not going to get the Thrawn until much later this season like maybe at the two-thirds yeah. mark probably more likely at the three-quarters mark like a penultimate episode kind of thing and I, I, was, I was hoping I mean that was the, the thing that sealed the deal for me that we'd get some Thrawn so I'm a little mm-hmm. disappointed of that but I don't know this is a this is a connecting episode that um there's a couple other things that annoy me as a Star Wars fan it seems like Star Wars is just going to bless the holdo maneuver and hyperspace travel will never be ne- never be the same uh-huh, it's never uh-huh. going to be the same i don't know how i feel about that uh how'd you feel about the episode uh i have some some quibbles about jedi force powers you know the same uh star wars complaints that i have about the the, the degradation there but overall i like this episode i think they're really making me dislike sabine and that's yeah. probably a good thing long term. I think the dramatic possibilities here are pretty strong. Um, so while I feel the discomfort of strongly disliking her right now, I'm sure that will pay off later. So I'm giving them that latitude. Yeah, and I'm also giving her latitude that they've set all this stuff up, that there is mm-hmm. some you know bad blood between Ahsoka and Sabine that they still haven't really talked about. There is a fundamental lack of trust that they are, I think I'm getting off the screen, you know, that... Um, uh, you you never ask a partner, can I count on you in these type of situations? Like you either know or, or asking ain't going to give you the self-assurance, you know, yeah. like if the best you're putting that person on notice that I'm watching you, which <laughs> already shows you that the trust is gone. Right. Yeah. 
So I think they're doing a good job on that. Um, I am kind of gobsmacked by the final scene. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I am very Mm -hmm. curious to see Ahsoka meeting a redeemed Anakin Skywalker on the other side of the Jedi Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, I want to talk about where they are and and what this is and who this is. Literally, like, is this Hayden Christensen standing there on a set and they're... Did Hayden Christensen put on pants and go to a, a, right. a, a studio or did he just or did he get on zoom with some ping pong balls glued to his face <laughs> did they even <laughs> have know? to do that they already had a mocap from the fair, uh, fair the obi-wan shit so i think i think yeah he just uh, he just made a phone call one afternoon to lucas uh no the skywalker sound and the, they did the rest oh his agent made the call he didn't even call his agent made the call said hey we'd like uh hayden wants some work could you guys whip up a digital replica yeah, can uh, you sure, train yeah, that? You, you got the prequels, right? Can you can mm-hmm. can you use those pieces of trash to train an Anakin uh, AI <laughs> so that my client can get paid, please? Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's the least you can do for destroying this man's career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think he destroyed his own career with his his other choices of movies. Did he? You know, did I, he? look, I like some of his other movies, but Don't apparently no one else it. did. The only one I saw and I quite liked him in it was I forget what the name of this Jumper movie was. But is what I liked. Oh, Jumper was good too. Yeah. Um, I liked him in that uh, where he was the fabulous that was working at the I think the new, the Washington Post. He was just making shit up and he got a Pulitzer for it. And it's about Spotlight? like that wasn't Spotlight. That's about that's uh, Mark Ruffalo busting child predators. But this this was okay. him. It's essentially just being caught in his own web of lies and like going from this revered like up and coming young journalist to. God, that sounds so familiar, but I can't think of it. Shattered Glass. That's what it was. Shattered Glass. Oh, um, never heard of that. Yeah. Chloe Savini's in it. It's good stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't back. know if that was him. I don't know if that was him or digitally de-aged version of him. It kind of looks like him. Uh-huh. Uh, it looks like it could be both. It could be him and it could be digitally manipulated as well to look yeah. a little bit more like some era of Anakin. I don't even know what era of Anakin that is, you know? Is it is it like post fall visual, but like pre fall mentality? I I'm not sure because it looked a little bit older than he did in the prequels. Well, also I'm think I'm re, re I'm trying to to me it looked a lot like his Force Ghost at the end of the Return of the Jedi for sure. You know, yeah. it's which is I don't think an era of clothing he ever actually wore. I don't think okay. he ever actually had the full you know tan masters robes right he's always had that kind of like yeah not while he was a good guy. jedi dark yeah very dark colors mm-hmm. um but hmm. i don't know maybe it's because they che- they cheaped out and they just pasted hayden christensen's f- face over whatever obi-wan or yeah not obi-wan uh yeah the old pasty white guy that they had for darth vader for yeah not robert Krauss, the guy who played him without the mask yeah yeah I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I so overall, I like this episode. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see where what they do with this going mm-hmm. forward. Um, it looks like they've pretty much dead-ended everybody who would be on to uh, the trail of, of Balon and Morgan and those people. But like Anakin showing up is the wild card, right? I'm sure he's going to sort of point her in the right direction. 
Yeah, and I couldn't help but notice, and I this is I guess this is a visual motif that Dave Filoni uh, introduced late into the run of uh, the seventy three episodes of Clone Wars and fifty six episodes of Rebels that that, that have aired canonically. Um, they they <laughs> I feel like this, but but what I noticed not knowing of that is it looked like they were inside the star map. Uh huh. And yeah, I was wondering the if sequence. <laughs> Yeah, I wondered if something happened when uh, Ahsoka touched that, you know, like, uh, is she like the Nazi from uh, Raiders where she's going <laughs> to... Yeah, look at her hand. Oh, I see. Yeah. There's, uh, but there's the Star there's, Bridge. She's, she's not going to know to subtract the cubit to honor the Jedi gods, though. Mm-hmm. So going to have the other side of it. It's yeah, a spear, go- lady. You need it. <laughs> need it all. So she's it's, she's, she's going she's gonna to get lost in a void with the purgils, but she'll ride a purgil wave out. Think is what's gonna happen sure uh, uh-huh. no I'm, I'm content to, I, but that's that's where i like surely they're you know sabine uh you know they're gonna be able to follow them to but i i do wonder like with what hyper jump drive yeah uh, i mean they could probably build the same thing that uh morgan built but it would take the a time while. frame that that's what i'm saying like you can you whip mm-hmm. that up in a week because i feel like anything longer than a week <laughs> is uh, you're gonna be heir to the empire time yeah yeah and i wonder All what right. kind of fleet uh thrawn's got on the other side what kind of support he's got right is he is he like stranded on a planet by himself or did he jump out with a bunch of ssds and it sounded like the purge like took half his ship so he doesn't have a full star destroyer but i i'm curious about that okay. myself because um you know that was a, a lot of the trilogy of Earth to the empire was thrawn a aqua- he's returned from the outer reaches but he doesn't have a fleet. He doesn't have him in. He doesn't even have like power. unquestioned loyalty. Like the it's so like it's the the trilogy is about him acquiring those things that that, that he needs. Yeah. Um, so I I assume and then we got some feedback that kind of illuminates like Filoni's uh, uh, timeline, how he in, introduced to uh, how he plans to introduce, expand, and then conclude the Tron, the Tron, the Thrawn cycle um so we'll talk about that in the feedback section but I, i'm, I'm content right. to just kind of wait I, I feel like i'm already over like i i think this is not going to be in the mando zone which is like pretty good star wars but like saturday morning level like this is actually trying to tell a cohesive story that's not just like go on this mission go on this mission go on this mission go on this mission mm-hmm. finale um it's it's doing doing something so it's like i don't think it can be as good as andor but <laughs> yeah it's it's ceiling now is above mandalorian i would say but the florists, they're still like, uh, I, you know, if they have a really bad five, six, seven, they, we could be back in Boba mm-hmm. uh, terms. So, oh, for sure. We'll see. We're not interested in Jedi protocol. We'll be right back. It's time for your training, Padawan. Here's more Tribe of Two. All right, well, let's get into the recap. We start off with Hu Yang trying to repair the busted ship. Ahsoka tells Sabine that they might have to strand Ezra wherever he is in order to keep the Imperial loyalists from getting to Thrawn. And Sabine tells Ahsoka, you can count on me. I'm I'm great. I'm loyal. I don't lie to my friends at all. And then they start <laughs> trying to find the ground base. She's weak. She doesn't lie. She's just weak. She's she lies, weak. too. She lies, too. Does she, she lie? Yeah, she, lie? she said she wouldn't take that map. Uh, from a different point of view. <laughs> Don't Obi-Wan me. Ahsoka wanted her to take the map so she could decipher it, which she did. So it all worked mm-hmm. out, you know? 
And then uh, she wanted her to give the map to Balon so that she could meet Anakin because she's always been a big fan <laughs> and she misses yeah, him. Yeah, you know what uh, Sabine feels like? She feels a lot like Ellie from The Last of Us where it's like she's infuriating because of some of the things she's doing. But like, but the thing is, is I don't think she's, she's not a teenage girl, right? She like, could be. got to not... be in her mid-20s. That's the yeah, thing I'm not that's... Certain. Yeah, and I, I, I maybe some of the delicious irony is watching Ahsoka deal with someone just like her. Um, <laughs> okay. Because that's yeah. what I'm guessing is that there is a lot of like Anakin, Ahsoka energy between Annika or Annika, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that's the stuff I'm gathering as a, a not huge fan of the Clone Wars and Rebels. I haven't had time to see all 27 episodes, uh, seasons of those. So, yeah. I, I, it... <laughs> Can I count on you? you know you can that's maybe the worst response i'm guessing there's some kind of rebels clone wars shit that they're like referencing here where like yeah sabine did come through in a pinch for ahsoka somewhere and so she's saying you know you can because you have experience with this but the only experience i have with sabine is right. she is completely unreliable she Treasury. lies to your face yeah she she betrays her friends at every turn so as a new watcher, that is a line that falls extremely flat to me. And Ahsoka, yeah. and I feel like Ahsoka's a dummy for even believing it for a second. I think it's fair that four episodes in that I just go with that these people have fought in many battles together and have mm -hmm. forged a bond of trust. But uh, the thing is, is like it's been but it broken. was broken at the beginning. It's yeah, been we start broken, broken and they're telling us in this episode. So to me, this is as much about Ahsoka's failings as a teacher and as a mentor and a leader as it is Sabine's failure to be a trustworthy friend. Sure. I think that line is 10 times better if she says, you know, you can't. <laughs> Because <laughs> then she's saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to find Ezra. True. And she's being honest and therefore is trustworthy. I I think you say, you know, you can't. <laughs> and it's a much better line, but <laughs> it probably betrays all the history they have up to then. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the other question is if their positions were. You know, it, I feel like it's easy to be the person that's taken hostage by the bad guy and be like, just shoot us, kill us both. And it's, it's I'd rather be in that position than the person holding the gun. Because I, I wonder, like, mm -hmm. if Ahsoka actually had the map in her hand and a gun to its head or lightsaber to its hand and she was in the same position, would she give up, uh, you know, Ezra? Because it's, mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like, this is the last hope that you'll ever see your friend again. Sure. So it's it's a big deal, and I get why she wobbles a bit uh, on it a bit. Um, but uh, I don't yeah, know. It does make to her totally. out to be extreme. The other thing is, is like Darth Balin or Lord Balin, Darth Swanson, is not a bad guy. Uh, TBD. Like I think he's that. really. I do think he really thinks he's doing things for the greater good. Now, so did Thanos. Um, so like, I, I, uh -huh. but I'm like, there's, he's not wicked. Does that make sense? He's not evil. Well, he's, he says something Sabine later is keying to that, right? He says something later, um, about, you know, ha having to destroy to create. And mm -hmm. while this is true in its purest sense, it also 
completely lacks any context. What is the thing you're destroying and what sure. is the thing you're creating? And is it worth creating that thing? Is it worth destroying this one thing to create the other thing? And in this case, I would say absolutely not because what he's trying yeah. to create is I'm assuming something very bad for most people and he's destroying something gr greater. What if he was trying, what if he sees the obvious corruption of the New Republic that has been well told throughout Andor, throughout Mandalorian, throughout, I mean, we, we see the cracks and there's now Imperial loyalists all throughout the organization. What if he sees that and it's like, this New Republic is not, is not it. It's not the, it's not even close to being the old Republic. It needs to like, it needs to be destroyed before like, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like a, it's like a poorly set bone. And like we got to break it again, or it's going to heal. It's going to heal wrong, and it'll it'll never be fixed. That's what I'm getting. Okay, from that's the guy. thing he's destroying. What is he creating? It, it's we uh, we don't have enough information. A better to know republic. That. I think that's what. Oh, that, by that, whose definition? Is in, in, yeah, in what regard? Sure. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's actually a good guy. I'm just saying I don't think he's evil, and I think Sabine is recognizing that, and it's something that she's like. Even the way she. He went from calling Ahsoka ma her master to her former master in the span of three sentences. I think Darth uh, Swanson here has just taken her as his app uh, another apprentice, which I don't know how the hell that all works out. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. But it's, that's another gray Jedi thing. You get to have two apprentices. <laughs> sure. Here's Each the thing. Younger Here's what I'm and more lovely than the last. Like I'm a, I don't know, Darth Swanson. <laughs> don't disappoint me here. <laughs> Oh, here, disappoint me. Here's what I'll give him. He's more trustworthy than Sabine. He at least keeps his mm. word. Uh, it does seem. And he is doing what he thinks is right. Yeah. I I reserve the right to judge his morality here, um, mm -hmm. but I'll need more information. Let's say he looks like a bad guy. I'm pretty sure when your force spirit turns your lightsaber red, you're a bad guy. It's orange. Remember, we've gone over this. It's orange. <laughs> it's that's close it's enough not, to red for me. It's orange red. Okay, it's orange uh -huh. red at best. I'm gonna get the the light spectrum analyzer out and make sure. I want to see how far he's fallen. This this fallen Jedi. Um, but yeah, you know, and I guess like the other thing, in if if it, it turns out he is evil, uh, I'll go lawful evil over chaotic evil. Six days a week, <laughs> sure. and twice on Sunday. Indiscriminate you know? killings, uh, cruelty for the sake of cruelty. Someone you Those can make are... deals with. You can ally against the greater. You can, you know, to to a, a greater evil. Uh, they'll keep your uh, word. Their words not going to. In, you know, oh, those increase. are the positive qualities. Yeah, I was yeah. going with the negative ones. The the cruelty and the indiscriminate killing and and yeah. those things. Yeah. I I don't want to see those in my bad guys. I, I want to yeah. see. I want to see bad guys like this. Honestly, mm -hmm. uh, this is a well written bad guy. A guy who has the reason. He has his own reasons for the things he's doing. Um, we don't know quite what they are yet, but we we're pretty sure they're not good. He just, I also, he's just huge, man. The dude looks like he's broad yeah. as a fucking barn. Uh, he's and, he's and, somehow as scary as Darth Vader without the helmet, and that's yeah, kind of impressive. Yeah, that's what it's like. He he's he is very much Darth Vader in his size and menace, but he's mm -hmm. more grandfatherly in his uh, you know, the his his demeanor and his uh yeah. attitude. He's even got that Jedi thing where he calms himself when, you know, in the middle of like battles and things and like tries to sit to himself in the force. 
I, there's a lot going on in the hood, and this is this is where I this is this to me is EU when you do something that's not exactly in the Star Wars canon, but it's like you're riffing off a piece of Star Wars canon, exploring gray Jedi's and the lines between evil and good. I I, I think it's it's a great character. Love the design. I love the pauldrons they're putting on these guys. I know that was yeah. like a Clone Wars thing, but I always thought that looked good. Like they're Jedi fucking knights. Like mm-hmm. maybe the masters ditch the armor because they can just go with the robes because they're the fucking masters but i think the 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 jedi knights running around in armor looks fucking cool agreed more pauldrons let me ask you this can i start calling the imperial loyalists the loyalists the rebels now or yes. will that be too confusing? Because yes, aren't they, they are rebelling, rebelling against, against the actual government? Yeah. The legitimate government of the galaxy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, how they. the tables have turned. <laughs> I, I won't do that because it'll be super rebels confusing. Rebels isn't a generic term for good guys, okay? No, definitely not. Just like you said about, depends what you're rebelling against, what, uh, by, <laughs> you know, whose moral code, yeah. Yeah, they're officially the rebels, but I'll call them imperial loyalists because it's less confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a droid who spots the location of Ahsoka's ship and reports back to Balon, so he sends Shin and the guards to attack him. Uh, Balon already impressing me in this episode. Is that a note of fear in your voice? Experience. Such a fucking great line. Yep. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah. I've been around. I've been around where we overstay our welcome. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So, uh, let's calculate this thing and get out of here. <laughs> This, uh, I, I thought the scene is like so great. It's like the guards will not delay them long, but you will. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, he's. Uh, I'm, I got a little bit of a crush on Darth Swanson. <laughs> uh, Ahsoka sees that Sabine is nervous, and Sabine says, "Ah, don't worry about me. I'm fine." And they briefly continue their discussion about possibly st- stranding Ezra. Um, they'll kind of have this conversation a, a couple of times throughout this episode. See, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, I think this scene tells me that Sabine doesn't believe that Ahsoka would do the right thing when the stakes are that high. Probably because she this is something that, from a certain point of view, she's observed from Ahsoka before. Um, yeah, I, for I, some I, reason, I believe Ahsoka when she says she's willing to make that sacrifice, uh, especially when she's know, calling Sabine. out to destroy the map later. So it's like, let's say that you and I are on a diet, okay? And mm-hmm. we go to uh, we go to an ice cream shop, and you're like, you know, Aaron, uh, you can't really have that double scoop waffle cone, single scoop in a cup, fatty. And like, <sighs> you're right, Jim, we're trying to lose weight here. And then I go to the bathroom, come out, and you're eating a triple scoop waffle cone. Yeah. And then the next year, we're still trying to lose weight, and you're like, can I count on you in our weight loss journey? And I'm like, well, if you were confronted with a triple scoop right now, would you still... And like, I would the stakes are this high? When, when the scales are this high? Yes, I would. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of like where Sabine and Ahsoka is, with less ice cream and more rebellion and warfare. But <laughs> okay, you might have lost me in that metaphor. <laughs> That's what I'm, that's, honestly, I was thinking about a triple scoop cone, and I'm like, that's I don't too much write ice these cream. things out. I sometimes lose myself. But the point <laughs> is, she's. I think. I think Sabine. They're telling me, and I think there's a lot of uh, uh, history here that says that there is a big betrayal, a big breach of trust. Mm-hmm. That 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 lost Sabine. I mean, we know the Mandalorians. Like they lost everything, and she lost her family in particular. So yeah, yeah. I, I just. I think that she thinks Ahsoka will bend when it's her principles or her relationships on the line, and that's giving Sabine moral license to do it too. Gotcha. She's saying you don't have as much at stake 
here because yeah Ezra's and i think that's friend. also true i don't i think mm-hmm. uh, like sabine and ezra were the closest of them and that's, that's the thing sure. is like might even been going oh I, I so i don't usually give a shit but someone tell me a rebel's fit Did, were ahsoka i'm sorry were sabine and ezra intimate or heading in that direction was it like a will Ooh, they won't they in the last be few weird because he said your uh, sister you know <laughs> i'm pretty sure no You're right and that's my guess but I, so, but I did thing is like I think Ahsoka is like you know she's a Clone Wars character and then Rebels started and then she comes in like after a Rebels is going for a bit so like I I I, mm-hmm. I think that there she that that's another thing that maybe Sabine deep down doesn't think that her connection with Ezra is as strong as uh, the connection that uh, Sabine has with Ezra yeah so it's like you I know, can see that kind of, for sure yeah kind of like well if this was Anakin for example. Um, and this was five years ago before you guys you rage quit your relationships. Uh, would you do the same? And I, like gotcha. I said, I, I have a little bit of sympathy for Sabine. If you've been kind of hot, you know, serving under a high handed Jedi who doesn't necessarily keep the letter of their were and they're now they're like all up your ass when it's your best friend, um, on the line. I, I could see that being something that's not exact, you know, but like, like, the relationship that she's got hmm. with Ahsoka is not as strong as the one she's hoping to preserve with Ezra, maybe. Sure. No, I get that. Um, I'm not sure why you're casting aspersions against Ahsoka. I've not seen her say or do anything that are at odds with with either one. Uh, either one what? So so far, she's blameless. She 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 does not say things to people and then do the opposite that I've seen. Oh, yeah. But you no, seem I'm, to be but casting I- her that way. I'm surmising because of what Darth Swanson says at the end of this episode that your, you know, your master didn't trust you and it led to your entire family dying. Um, so there is a breach. Would she is, trustworthy? Was, well, that's <laughs> she I doesn't don't know. seem trustworthy right now. I'm putting that blame on Sabine based on what I've seen, but uh, it could be totally misplaced. I'm open to that. I haven't seen. Yeah, I guess I'm I maybe more open um, until because, like I said, someone has told me that, and it's not like Sabine's like that's bullshit. That's not true. It's obviously something that was landing with her. So I got one character that I seem to respect uh, telling me something. It's like I need to. He's like reading her thoughts, and I could see her really blaming Ahsoka when it was actually her own fault. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. It's. I just. I just need to watch all we'll seventeen more. seasons of Rebels. Well, I need to catch me up Clone in this show, yeah. right? Right. That's what yep. I really need. And they're starting to. Well, do. <laughs> um, Ahsoka, well, no, let's go back to Hu, Hu Yang. He repairs part of the ship, and then he's attacked, and there's a droid fight, which I think is fun. I kind of love these silly droid punches. I did, yeah. Like, <laughs> catch, catch these shoulder hands, dude. Like, it's kinda... Oh, yeah, it's little T-Rex arms that come out. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a backpack that he's using to work on things? Is, is it like helping hands when you're working it on electronics? It does seem like, yeah, he, he's he's able to like do four lightsabers, but he was using them. Uh, it, the One of those little um, uh, T-Rex arms pulled the plug, uh, you know, pulled, like tripped the circuit breaker or whatever, which I thought it, it makes Young look smart too. Like, mm-hmm. how do I get the women's attention to come out and save me when I got mm-hmm. uh, a droid hand covering my mouth? Uh-huh. Uh, my 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 speaker yeah i thought it was Shut cool and he held his own against that sith droid more than i thought yeah he's not he's not a combat droid necessarily but he does do the training yeah. so and he's not c3po 
Like, no. You know, C-3PO is like got the 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 athleticism of your average seventy-seven year old. <laughs> um, but yeah. this this guy can this guy can fucking move. Uh, yeah. So Sabine and Ahsoka, you know, realize they're in trouble. They manage to fight off these droids, these guards. Uh, but the repair that Hu Yang made is destroyed in the process. And Ahsoka tells him, get the transmitter online. We're going to head off toward the base. I do wonder why Yang wasn't armed out there, though. When Ahsoka says, you know, keep keep an eye out. We're on, you know, we're in enemy territory. Why? Like, wouldn't it be cool if he had like four lightsabers on him? Yeah, they've got him. They've got him in storage. I saw him. Got tons of generic lightsabers, but uh, maybe they're all low power training cyber sabers. Mm-hmm. I was just hoping to see him do some lightsaber fighting. I know he doesn't have to force or anything, but hell, he's trained Jedi for 18,000 years or whatever. Right? He knows the kata for sure. How old did he say he was? Because now I'm confused with Dimmerzel from... Like, <laughs> Me I, I, too. I'm getting all, my, getting all my my round, big numbers confused. But I think he... like The Old Republic's been around for 10,000 years, so it's no more than that, right? Five Maybe he's training Jedi thousand? before Republic I, times. Yeah, I can't remember. can't remember. Oh, well. A long time. Mm-hmm. Yoda's a baby to him so let's uh, go over to Hera who decides she's going to go after Thrawn on her own if the, the council won't let her take a bunch of ships she'll just take one ship and she flies off to do that and Carson and his X-Wings go with her yeah Captain Tiva her old yeah. buddy from Mandalorian mm-hmm. wonder how he shoehorned himself into this he's like a ranger from an out like uh, right isn't he supposed to be outer out? realms yeah yeah uh, but this might be outer wide they've never really established where we are in the galaxy but also like you know when you're dealing with like witches of dathomore and per, I, I feel like this is kind of like outer rim stuff too maybe so maybe it works out maybe but i like him he's, he's a cool guy um he's actually got a really cool story i was reading an interview with him where he talks about how this all you know, like the, uh, I think it was Favro or it might have been Fellini who saw him in a little independent film that he liked him so much. Like, I just want to make you a Star Wars person. Hmm. And this guy's like a huge Star Wars fan. And he, like he's yeah, it's it's uh, I, I don't know. It's like uh, it, it, it made me smile. This like old Star Wars guy, uh, old Star Wars Korean fan gets tapped like can you imagine like 10 years from now like some george lucas's daughter comes and says i want to make you a jedi or something like how fucking uh, cool would that be i i need to i need to go back and seriously edit some of these podcasts uh i need to take out a lot of the shit i said <laughs> no no no, no, no. they're to gonna happen. respect the fact that you were a straight shooter you're respected on both sides oh, of star wars retur- aisle okay right? yeah star mm-hmm. wars has a does a mea culpa and says you know yeah, star- George, Lu- George Lucas's daughter after the Mouse Wars of 2031 mm-hmm. rebuys the Star Wars uh, IP for $5 and uh, <laughs> a, sp- a spit handshake uh-huh. with Bob uh-huh. with, 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 the, with Mecha Iger yeah. and then you're going to be tapped Bob A. Iger <laughs> to, be, to be Darth Jim uh, and I'm there for it. I can't wait. You'll be my new favorite Dark Jedi. <laughs> I, I want to see what color uh, d- d- Mrs. Disney's lightsaber is because I need to know red, who I'm following here. Blood red. Shit. Yeah, you don't. You, but but uh, J- J- Lucas's daughter, uh, she's got she's got blue, so she's good. There you go. You know, I mean, that's 
dead giveaway. Honestly, okay. Sabine's yeah. biggest res- reservation is how orange red Darth Swanson saber saber is. Mm-hmm. Blue, green, purple, yellow. I'll take them all, but red's right out. It'd be it'd suck if you're a colorblind Jedi, man. You wouldn't know who. Oh yeah. Red, green. It's like, oh my god, all these lightsabers are gray. Who's the bad? Ah, <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad. Yeah, I haven't seen a gray saber. We've seen a dark saber. How about a UV saber? Can we get? Uh, oh yeah, if you want to work on your tan. Black lightsaber. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. The one, si- yeah. the one side of their face is just ultra tan because that's, well, that's part the side of the, they hold it that's on. That's part of that lightsaber technique. Is lots of twirling and switching sides of your body. Uh, and, yeah. 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 You want to? T- you don't want to get. Uh, you want to get one side tan. <laughs> All right. Let's go back. Oh, to- is yeah. it? On a scale of one to um, uh, Casey Anthony, what's what's the mothering being shown by Sindala here? Bringing her son into not an active war zone, into an unknown, unknown. shit show. Mm-hmm. Your buddies jumped into a system where there a, a multiple Sith were building a giant hyperspace ring of unknown power, and then the comms get cut. And you're like, fuck it. Let's bring the seven-year-old. I love it. Let's do it. The kid wants to be a Jedi. Let's throw him in the deep end. Show him what he's got in store there for him. Go. All right. All right. Scare all him right. straight, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Let's go back out to Morgan and Balon. It's the... like it's like when it's like when the Steve the crocodile hunter had his like, you know, newborn. Uh-huh. You know, he's just feeding feeding giant crocodiles with, with, <laughs> with the dead chickens with one hand. He's got his naked six month old daughter in one arm. He's like, Oh, look at this song. Yeah, this is it's the same. It's it's some people <laughs> when your your mom and dad's a big enough hero, you can do shit like that. hmm You can just do shit like that. They'll let you. Uh Let's let's go back out to Morgan and Balon. They plot the course using the star map. Ahsoka and Sabine race to stop them, but they're intercepted by Shin and Maroc, and they fight. Ahsoka kills Maroc, and Sabine tells her to go get the map while she handles Shin. Uh, did we have we commented on how slow they're running? Well, you got somebody with five hundred pounds of gear on their back, keeping up with supposedly a jedi see this is what obi-wan meant when he said he couldn't train him as good as yoda he like got to the fast yeah. running point and just anakin kept on tripping could not get it going obviously he can't te- teach ahsoka so that's that's yeah. that explains that that line from the ot um did, did we get to where ezra darth ezra gets bisected have did you recap up to that point uh y- yes we, we okay it, that was weird also <laughs> Are we going to stop we... calling him Darth Ezra now or no, no, no. she no. just murdered her friend. I, when look, when someone explodes into a cloud of irradiated green dust, it's not over. Okay. It's, this is like killing mm-hmm. that dusty Nazi in Hellboy. You think just because mm. that corpse is laying on a table and you can dissect it, that that person... No, it's got dust for veins. This person's got dust for veins. I don't trust it. I don't know how you kill it. Yeah. But that's not... How, that Just half bisecting it with a lightsaber, not going to do it. Here's the Darth thing Ezra. that's weird about it is Shin looks over at it and she's like, what the fuck? She, I don't even think she knows what well, Maroc is. Hmm, that's interesting because I mistook her expression as like shock and outrage that he like, was one of my. This is 
this is my buddy and we were supposed to roll you guys and now mm-hmm. one of us is dead or exploded in the dust yeah. um yeah she's hmm. like i gotta go back I took and get it as my, like confusion force, as to what he was i gotta go back and get my force black and decker dust buster and <laughs> vacuum this whole forest mm-hmm. you know how long it takes to filter pine needles from force dust it's just a big mess Why last so time angry? i forgot to reclaim his face so we had to make that helmet for him and he's real pissed yeah. about that still yeah but i don't want to miss any really, bits really really pissed about the whole situation um i i really like the sword battle um i am a sucker for like but, trees well, hold, being on, hold on you, we got some questions here about maroc what what is maroc i don't know we've There's never nothing... seen this thing in star wars right at least not the star wars i've seen maybe rebels has a whole bunch of people bursting in dust but yeah this is new. yeah i i don't know like i said it 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 reminded me a lot of the like uh in hellboy when the the dusty nazi gets it's like that it, it reminded me a lot of that it reminded me of like the thousand sons chapter from warhammer that uh all they they all their all their souls got turned to dust and they got sealed up in their armor and they're just like eternally fighting machines i i don't know i don't know okay. what to make of it um and like I said, if there's something in the Rebels, if there's something in the uh, 13 seasons of Rebels that explains this, I don't, I don't know. I don't have it. I haven't seen them. I feel like some some sort of golem type thing, right? Or like it's being animated by maybe the Force of, of another Force user somewhere. See, or... that's where I was thinking that like, did they drain the Force power out of Ezra, like his essence, and then just like he's you know just like a soulless automaton now and his, oh. his force ghost is trapped in this armor or something could be could be but i would think you'd explode in like blue light if that was the case this green the sickly green dust is i don't i don't know or is it mm-hmm. a gas yeah it doesn't feel it does not feel like a force dissipation to me it feels like yeah there was gas trapped inside that suit yeah and it just the green color the green color is Mm. uh i wonder if they're just saying that he's an alien like that he has some kind of atmospheric needs but no i I, that's what i was wondering too but he would be dead then right it felt more like it i don't know i don't know why but it felt more like an essence exploding out of a suit than like a Mm. gas or an atmosphere gotcha well because we'll find out soon enough yeah yeah um can we i think the jury's out on this spinny mode lightsaber this is <laughs> i agree you're this is bullshit man i know you grinded i don't know how many quests and it was supposed to be exotic uh but they fucking nerfed it it's a purple, couple patches man. ago the name is no good it, uh, he, he picked it up it said spinny saber in purple he picked it up and it looked awesome the stats mm-hmm. were better than his last saber apparently it didn't do much good it just yeah they the she just sidestepped and fucking cut him down like i i was i i replayed that scene and watched it in slow motion a couple times but that's all she really did like he went to take a step and move the spinny saber to the back side and she just stepped on the other side and cut him in half and boom you're done yeah don't know why don't know why you gotta move it at all just walk straight at her with that thing spinning and she's done. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to see a lightsaber clash there as she stepped past him. Mm. So it could have been like, oh, well, she blocked and then no, came around the side, whiffed. but there's nothing. I know. He just whiffed. And I I, I watched, uh, coincidentally, last late last year, a whole bunch of Kurosawa films because uh, Max had them all for some reason. 
And this mm-hmm. this is this took me back to like the old trilogy lightsaber roots where it's like they're not a bunch of twirling whirling yeah. dervishes. They're they feel like two masters sizing each other up and it's not about a whole bunch it's not going to be a big flashing pass it's going to be like one or two strikes and it's decisive you know um, yeah and they do a really good like job that. with that on the ahsoka balon fight as well mm-hmm. later yeah. in this episode I, that felt like the, especially the beginning of that felt like a classic star wars lightsaber battle i got another whole heap of praise to put on that lightsaber battle but nice. i like this and i like the clone wars era fights too um you know the 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 the, the, the movies where it's like it's very kinetic and you sure. know Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan and but I also really like the you know the old Anakin or Darth Vader Obi-Wan from uh, A New Hope like that's not flashy when it was less about the fighting itself and more about what about the, the fight people meant. yeah and and the people holding the sabers and like I think the mm-hmm. you know the the two best lightsabers of all time are Luke versus Vader one and two uh Empire yeah, Strikes right. Back and Return of the Jedi and uh uh, yeah, I, I don't think lightsaber battles need to be really flashy to be interesting and hold your attention. And these, this is a good example. I was enraptured. I had a hard time watching this. I don't know if my my panel brightness is up too high or whatever. But if you get this it's a little on dark the TV with well, and then you got the brilliant flashes of white when the lightsabers mm-hmm. clash or, or roll across the screen, right? And I'm in a darkened room. I'm trying to watch this like optimally. And every time the lightsabers clash or something, I have to like I wince. I have to squint. It's funny because so I, I watched this in my living room at night with the lights turned off, and I didn't notice anything. But when I was taking my notes this morning and I was watching it on you know my monitors, and I got my you know everything's lit up in my office, I'm like fuck. I had to actually turn the overhead lights off because I was having oh it's not quite the not scene quite itself house. is dark yeah the scene itself is very dark and the contrast is high and i must say it's, it's not like house of dragon no, uh no. levels of shit but like yeah may, maybe they could have done a, a a gamma tone or two brighter yeah i don't know for me it was it was too bright in the moments that the sabers clashed that, that was my only problem <laughs> so it's like uh it's the strobing effect yeah gotcha uh, here's the other thing the other bone I have to pick with this particular scene is Balon not training Shin at all because I don't believe for a second that a well okay my complaint is twofold and one of them one of them is right and one of them has to be wrong so I don't believe for a second that a non force attuned lightsaber wielder could stand up for even a minute to a force wielding lightsaber uh, opponent. Yeah. And yet, here's Sabine doing it. They've told us that she's not force sensitive, but in this scene here in a second, she's she uses the force to mm. delay Shin. Right? She force pushes her shoulder a little bit. She force butterfly kisses. Uh-huh. Her center mass, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's weak, but it's there. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. I. <laughs> it was my impression based on how people were reacting to this these episodes that Sabine canonically was not a Force user. Yes, she was a Mandalorian who trained with a lightsaber, and that was yeah. pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, probably because of the dark saber tie. That's what the other thing I'm getting into is that she was the original possessor or finder, most recent finder, the dark saber, and 
that might have been the genesis of the training. But uh, yeah, I, I look, I dismissed a lot of this stuff, even up to this point in the fight is like, oh, well, she's she's in she's toying. Like, I, I thought is pretty clear. in like when when they were fighting in the uh, in front of the radio tower back on the mm-hmm. was it Lothari Lothari. Um, I, I thought it's pretty clear she's toying with her. Like, I don't get a chance to lightsaber duel with people all that much. Um, and I'm going to just enjoy. <laughs> I'm going to make a meal out of this. And I thought about the same thing of this one, too, because she's just she did. They didn't say kill them. They said delay them, hinder them, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I felt like a Barak switch dies. flipped when yep. Barack dies. Is that his name? Maroc. Yeah. Maroc. When Maroc dies, I was like, Barack. Wow, that's. <laughs> Barry, um, yeah. when 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 he dies and when uh, Sabine says I'll handle her, like I felt like Darth Grimes really got the blood up, and mm-hmm. I it was also, I, I guess you could say that like from that point forward, Sabine was definitely fighting on her back fight uh, foot, just a messy running battle with guns and lightsabers. Um, I. I think you're supposed to understand that the reason that Sabine was able to get the upper hand is that she just overestimated her or underestimated her. She went to go to force push and was like, ah, you have no power. And then she's like, well, I'm a Mandalorian. Eat my mm. wrist darts, bitch. And yeah. So For I was sure. like, she I wasn't expecting she was the wrist losing. darts, but why didn't she kill her just immediately? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know that Shin is an apprentice herself. And she's probably not the best with a lightsaber, but she's got to be better. Like any ability with the force would give you a huge advantage, right? Like that was my impression of the force. Like being able to feel the force and being in connection with it gives you the ability to essentially read your opponent's thoughts before before yes. they make their move, right? So yeah. a, a force user versus a non-force user would be just... Uh, pathetic i mean yeah yeah, it would be two seconds and it's over it would be like you expect a samurai battle to go right yeah i agree and i don't know why like i the the thing is like if i want to just really downgrading these force users like every time i see a force user on screen they get downgraded more and more and like i said i think they're trying to show that sabine is overmatched um but like yeah i think she should have died here i think uh there's there's they didn't tell me they didn't give me a immediate on-screen reason for why sabine now i mean the thing is she is a mandalorian and mandalorians historically did well against jedi masters and she's a very skilled and trained mandalorian so it's like and she's got the beskar armor she a couple Mm -hmm. of like what would be fatal against any other humanoid attacker she's able to block with that the beskar so like I don't know. Maybe we're yeah. being a little hard on Mandalorians because we're like, well, untrained, but like canonically, Mandalorians were Jedi killers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've ever explained how that's possible. Uh, you know, it, with with the kind of mind reading abilities that Jedi's have, They're just the Mandalorians not. Yeah, do they not give off enough of their their yeah, aura, they, their their force to they, they have like some kind of battle meditation that they 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 harden themselves so they can't or be the seen helmets or, like you know the, the, the reflexes the are even block. so fast the Jedi can't quite get in far enough ahead of it. I don't know. I don't I know. I mean, if, if the, it can keep if it can keep a lightsaber out that armor, maybe it can keep their their force in right. So you can't sense their force. As much. I mean, Boba I, Fett I know, handled but... Luke straight up. <laughs> <laughs> and like was is Luke as strong as like uh the Darth Grimes? I don't know. But D- Boba Fett like Boba Fett fucking shuts all that shit down if it wasn't for Han getting lucky with this axe, right? 
Uh, TBD. I don't know. We we have to Fett see more of that. Sees fight a Jedi with Knight mowing <laughs> through people in a skiff, and what's he say? He doesn't say like, "I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta get no. slave one. I'm not getting paid." He's like, "Fuck this. I'm shutting all this shit down, boy." Mm-hmm. And he almost did it. He almost did it. Almost. 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 If only George could could hold off making him a fart joke. <laughs> we might have we, we might have had it's some a belge come on <laughs> yeah that's true well, i mean it was that, that, that you're sure that that's the sarlock's mouth and not its ass what if it's got a multi-purpose opening fair fair yeah a couple thousand years it's just going to shit all over the desert when it's uh, finally has its movement i mean boba did go in and out of that hole so true true <laughs> Anyway, Ahsoka. we're just shitting the planet core, you know, no. like it's its ass is buried, man. Yeah. Ahsoka uh, reaches the location where the map is. She confronts Balon and they fight while Morgan calculates the hyperspace route. And we kind of see we're cutting back and forth here. Sabine and, and Shin are also fighting and Sabine shows some force sensitivity. Uh, kind of already talked about that. But this, this I mean, she's like the Baylon Guillermo. And... The, she's like for the make a what we do in the shadows reference. She's the Guillermo of Jedi here, right? Just it pretty much, yeah. Her uh, her wings are not. She's fully the Lacroix and... of Jedi. Just just force flavor. Just a hint. Just uh-huh. just, just, you just wave some force sensitivity past the can. Yeah, let's get that. Beware the Sith. We will return. Are you hearing voices too? Welcome back to Tribe of Two. So, so I like this scene with Ahsoka and Balon a lot. Um, I did too. This feels pretty much like an old school Star Wars type thing. Um, and this is where I'm like, is Balon evil? Because like he might be misguided, he right. might be angry justifiably at the at the old Republic, New Republic, and Jedi Order. Uh, he might be using uh, unlikely allies to get his way, but like I do think he's got a vision that he thinks is good. And again, it could be Thrawn's vision, or not Thrawn, uh, like something like uh, uh, the, the, the God damn it, what's the? I just said his name, Thanos from Marvel, like where mm-hmm. it's like, no, you're just crazy. That doesn't make any yeah. fucking sense, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether he's actually got some like I, the, the greatest villain in my mind is if he actually has a point where like your average Star Wars fan is like, damn, that actually might be better than the shitty New Republic that we've seen. You know, the the ineffectiveness of it, the corruption, like maybe he does have a point and he's not a bad guy. Uh, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm really liking what they're doing with him. It's a mm-hmm. damn shame that he can't be a recurring character. Yeah, some good dialogue, some really good lightsaber fighting here i love how like there's a noticeable uptick in his intensity where like um ahsoka at one point kind of like gets him in an extended sword lock and then he just kind of like doubles down and then he just really starts using his size and his strength and he's pretty mm-hmm. like she's blocking it but like it's like she's deflecting it's like cutting these giant swaths out of these stone pill i i love when lightsaber does environmental damage it's so cool yeah um uh, there's a, a lot of cool stuff in the like next half of this scene, but how do you feel about there. the reverse sword grip? That's so fucking trendy right now. I feel uh, like uh, they invented this on the Witcher. Well, um, I know that this is kind of her signature style. 
she she's been known. Oh, she for does this. reverse hilt grip. Apparently, yeah, that's that's a thing. I was reading about her, uh, and yeah, I guess it's a Clone Wars thing. Why does she only use one light set? Because I thought maybe you use one reverse I, grip, and it's kind of like you got a high and low block. Because there's like, yeah, I I do watch a lot of like cringy sword shit on YouTube, and like this is one thing that the fucking real sword guys get their dander up when anyone tries a reverse grip. They are they'll be seventeen yeah. sweaty uh, dudes uh, in in chainmail uh in some kind of gymnasium standing there say this is absolutely a shit grip it's going to get you killed reduces your range reduces your power blah 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 it does look very cool i i agree i don't think this seems like a very good grip but it does look cool uh i it think she usually really does cool. have two sabers I, I don't know why she doesn't here yeah i, I want to say is it a sign of respect or <laughs> oh i don't did she oh, lose the she saber in the first him. fight I don't think so. Yeah. Not that I recall. Yeah. And maybe yeah, she just know. thought this was a one saber fight. You know, like, eh, this guy looks like a one saber opponent. We're taking her robes off. That's the sign that this is going to be a one on one saber fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I think it's cool. I, I think her lightsaber itself is kind of cool, too, where it's kind of cocked to one side. Right. I like that. It's not I totally like the, straight. The fancy kind of like Count Dooku looking hilt. Um. Mm -hmm. And again, I just like uh, when the lightsaber battles are like this still and about gauging your opponent and finding the right time and the, you know, getting the right guard and the footwork and the distance. And then it's just like this explode. I, that's that shit is I think that's just as cool as people jumping around, spinning around doing totally. 720s and stuff like that, because that's, that's kind like a combination kind of, of the two. Right. You, you do yeah. have some pretty cool action here as well, but yeah. it all feels like each strike is more important. Than, right. than your typical you know fl uh, pieces of flare type battle. <laughs> uh, so we go to the second half of the scene where Ahsoka grabs the map. She stops the calculation of the final coordinates. Shin runs back to help Balon and gets just <laughs> annihilated by Ahsoka, force slammed into a rock. Uh, Sabine, following close behind, sneaks up, uh, grabs the map... Ahsoka tells her to destroy it, but she can't do it because she'd lose Ezra. And then Balon forces Ahsoka over a cliff. Um, and then turns his attention to Sabine. I think maybe I want to stop there for a second. And we can talk about the stuff with Sabine here in a minute. Um, does, it, does it bother you that Ahsoka didn't know the Sabine? Because like she, the implication when uh, Darth uh, Grimes runs up and there's no Sabine is that she thinks Sabine's been killed. Wouldn't she but feel wouldn't that in the force? Since yeah. that, yeah, that close with that strong connection. Unless Sabine is not a force user, and then maybe not. I, I don't know that I, it matters, but yeah, I'm not sure it does. Huh. Yeah, that seems kind of dumb. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other canonical examples when, because like you always I'm have like Luke and Leia, yeah, but but they're both force sensitive or twins, right, right, right. But is there um, something that was one-sided? Yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's an example where it's like, you know, friends, you know, like they're not sure if someone's dead. So our producer Talitha reminded us that there's an incident uh, in A New Hope where, you know, they're approaching uh, Alderaan, right? And Obi-Wan mm -hmm. can sense something's gone bad. Mm, Clearly, not everyone on Alderaan is a Force user, but you could also say, well, it, if a whole fucking planet of life is extinguished, that's something that would cause a disturbance in the Force. Maybe a single person. Yeah, a blip. 
maybe something about her being a Mandalorian that's like you know jet she's hard for Jedi to read yeah this could be Filoni canon yeah there could be uh, a thousand force sensitive emailers out there writing us all as one um, right now I don't know but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see it did bo- it did bother me a little bit uh, I I have something important to talk about uh, Ahsoka yeah. sent off the side of this cliff which raises the question who is the real fallen Jedi in this episode <laughs> and she can't get up uh huh <laughs> <laughs> she's stuck on a star bridge do you okay. think that the physical burn to her hand of that Jedi map is going to be significant like in, in a literal the crazy hangar Nazi guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark maybe I, I don't know that it needs to be with Anakin you know out there in I think Force Anakin's going to point her the way she'll yeah. be able to like just the way Luke used, didn't use his targeting computer to hit the Death Star's weak point I think they're going to intuit their way through. I think so. The and with Sabine lane. being out there with them, maybe she can feel her in the force. Although we just talked about how she didn't. Uh, right. But maybe if she focused up, she could like from, sense from where she is. Potentially millions of light years away. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I, I, the, yeah. I mean, I, in the force, like with Jesus, all things are possible. Right. So like I'm. But they do I'm, make a big deal about the, the hand burn. Why would they do that unless it was important? So that'll probably be something yeah yeah i don't know i'm I'm curious to see if like did that like because this is like a witch of dathomir artifact did it like infect her but i don't know what because so many people mm. touched it before why was it hot now is just because it was calculating right uh, it was, was, it, was it because it was in its socket I, I don't know it's like touching your cpu when it's uh right. running versus when it's not true couldn't tell you uh, here's another thing that happened with the force I thought was really cool this episode is when Balon's got her kind of on the side of the, the edge of this cliff and he's bearing down on her with his saber mm. she's not able to hold him off with one hand and so she uses the force to press on the other side of her blade without actually touching it mm. I thought that was really cool it's a great way to to give her some extra leverage yeah. without burning her hand off They need to make dueling gloves for lights Jedi, you know, to have like yeah, plates of Beskar in the palm so they can grab a blade. That would make really sense. Opens up, really opens up a lot of uh, the fencing manual if you can grab a blade. Oh, yeah. He, okay, here's something I didn't like so much in this scene. Uh-huh. Sabine runs up and she just yells stop. When, I, when the scenario I just described about Balon bearing down on Ahsoka is happening. She just runs up yell stop she has the element of surprise she could run up shoot this guy in the back and all she does is yell stop you this think feels she really thinks artificial she can shoot a jedi master in the back come on but if she does shoot him in the back and he whips around and blocks it at least ahsoka is free again right yeah. like it, both ways are good here whether she kills him or not having the thing he wants hostage with literal gun to its head i thought that was pretty good though you know like that wasn't her it's, plan. It's not, she doesn't she come in, sh- grab the map, and say "stop" or "I'll shoot." She just says "stop." You know, she she doesn't say "stop" or "I'll blow up this map." But she literally has that map in her hand with the gun to it. I think no, it's the, Ahsoka the tells her to go pick up the map. Oh yeah. shit, you're right. Yeah, you're fucking right. Okay, yeah, I don't know. It's don't it's know. a really dumb it. moment. It's it's one of those moments that's in like every movie where, you know, the bad guy doesn't kill the good guy because X reason or Y reason. 
Yeah, it's moment. also really it's also stupid objectively to try to shoot a dark Jedi uh, when he's got a lightsaber out. But like I chalk that up to her just being emotionally overcome. Like this is a frustration. This is Tom Hanks shooting his sidearm at the Panzer at the end of sure. uh, Saving uh, Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Kind of like just like fuck you know like like from hell's heart I spit at the kind of. I'm business. all out of sock grenades. I guess I'll <laughs> right. just fuel shoot. throw throw a couple 45 rounds at you see what happens um Mm -hmm. and hey faith rewarded you never know Mm -hmm. um but i don't i i felt like this was a really good seduction to the dark side you know it's i'll say this it's a fuck ton better than palpatine and that anakin (laughs) yeah oh my god i killed sam jackson can i murder children for you now master like what the fuck uh honestly it's it's kind of in some ways better than the well it's very similar i guess to like the seduction of luke right or the attempted seduction of luke, luke. was a lot more ham-fisted and obvious but it's also uh-huh. your sister like like yeah. you, you your sister you, and you know, your father you know you i'm can... telling you what i'm doing to you and you're going to do it anyway because you are too weak to stand aside and, and let happen what needs to happen here like that's right. a really it's it's a different this, that's less of a seduction and more of like I already have you and you're fucked. Um, this is a much more sedu- but I I liked it. I I felt like mm-hmm. again if I understand the position of the friendship here where there's bad blood, there's been disappointment, there's been abandonment issues, and this guy he's got a young uh, Jedi apprentice that seems to be doing well and she, and and he's saying that like your master can't be trusted I can't be trusted, in fact I am your master now uh, it's just very smooth the way he does it yeah and he's in her head here I think um, I don't think he's just heard these things about Sabine with Ezra I think he is reading her thoughts I think so too especially when he closes his eyes it feels like he's pulling things out of her yeah that's Um, stuff about your your family died because your master didn't trust you I mean it doesn't seem like he could really know that otherwise the other thing we're not talking about is I think Sabine from what they've shown is impetuous and arrogant enough to think that she can still win this like if I let them take the map or destroy the map i can never see ezra again but i'm Mm. sabine fucking wren and i've i if i get on my set way on that ship and if i can find ezra then the galaxy can't stop us like i think she thinks that whereas if she doesn't do it like then ezra is gone forever and she can't accept Mm -hmm. that yeah i think you're right um especially if she can reunite with ezra i think she wants that emotionally but also Power wise, that'd be pretty formidable, I guess. And it does seem like she was depressed, like in a deep depression. Oh, so yeah. like it there's also could be some nihilism behind this of like, well, if I can't find Ezra, then I literally don't care about what happens yeah. to me or the rest of the galaxy. But what do I have to look for? Yeah. Yeah. Which is not great in your your heroic figures, but it's an interesting thing to explore. No, like I said, they're really making me not like her in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that's going to pay dividends later. So I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> All right. Then Hera contacts Hu Yang and says, we're here to assist. And Hu Yang fills her in on the situation. They move to intercept the Eye of Scion. Um, this, these last few scenes are going to be difficult to recap because we're cutting back and forth, but I'll do my best. 
Well, before you do your best, I also want to say what what do you think um, or how excited for you are the relationship between Darth Grimes and Sabine? Because like as soon as she regained consciousness, she tried to instantly uh-huh. murder Sabine and Darth Swanson had to call her off. Oh, yeah. She didn't hear any of that stuff about mm-hmm. why don't you give me the map? Come join us. That kind of stuff. And the implication of a Padawan is that is she being replaced here? Um, I, oh, yeah, I mean, we kind of danced around that earlier in the podcast. I don't think so, because I think she'd probably be more upset about that. And, and, what's and there the, would probably also, be a discussion. There would probably be some pushback from her. Like, I can't believe you're going to take this apprentice I mean, she under tried to murder the, the, the girl. I'm, I, but, like, I, I mean... And she would have said, the, you never taught me anything. I barely know how to use the Force. Why aren't you <laughs> helping me? Why are you old yeah. fuckers keeping force speed to yourself? All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and more to your point, like, what's the point of being a renegade Jedi if you can't fudge the Padawan rule? You know, if you can't fudge a Jedi rule once or twice, maybe you want to fall yeah. in love. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a physical thing where you just literally can't have yeah. two apprentices. You, yeah, it's, it's just a rule. this is best Jedi practice. That's also Sith practice, but and Ahsoka flouts those rules too right i mean they've made that point several times uh she doesn't true. keep with the old jedi protocol so true true yeah she is the true fallen jedi and that's something probably also sabine just like chaps her ass that ahsoka is always talking about following this following that but she is a fairly unconventional jedi herself mm-hmm. so the calculations are complete and they begin loading up the eye of scion for the hyperspace jump Balon, on his way out, destroys the star map so no one can follow them, and then takes Sabine to the ship. And they spot Hera's ships uh, closing in, and they jump away through hyperspace, leaving some damaged X-wings behind. Did you think it's weird that Lady Morgan says send the shuttle down to pick up Darth Swanson? And apparently belayed that order and said, you know what? Fuck it. Send the whole ring down to the planet to pick him up because the ring was in space. Yeah. And then we they went next down to get the map the in a shuttle. Mm-hmm. She said, go retrieve him in a shuttle. But then it's coming out of the air. Like, what the fuck happened there? I honestly couldn't tell you. It surprised me to see it in the clouds because I thought it was in a stationary orbit above the planet. But like, Feels like something got lost in editing. Yeah. Or like a scene got lost. Like maybe uh, something happened to the shuttle. But like what? What could have happened? Ahsoka's stuck in a star bridge. Sabine is like meekly or passively accepting her fate at this point. Like what? Sindala's. Hu Yang Yang came running in. Blasted with those training sabers. Yeah. Came in there. He's he's also an ace (laughs) pilot too. He just shot down Darth Darth Swanson shit. I don't know. That that confused Mm -hmm. me. It's not a big issue. It's just like, huh. Felt like I lost I'm the plot you. for a minute. That is strange. Uh, how do we feel about jumping through ships in hyperspace? Because this is not exactly the Holdo maneuver. No, not exactly. It's very similar. And it, I guess if it was jumping through something bigger that wouldn't fit through its ring, it kind of would have been the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> but like, I don't understand how any of General Sadala's ships survived, except for like, I guess you're supposed to understand that they the hyperspace shape is a ring and mm-hmm. it didn't physically pass through them. It's just yeah, yeah. the disruptive energies of it. I, it seems like it would d- damage the ring too. 
like whatever so. whatever the fighters and the uh, uh, the Harris ship experience that would have to be kind of like that on the ring. I don't know. I I think I just hate well, that. That's my least favorite thing in the new canon that you oh, can ram ships you in it. hyperspace. Oh my god. I don't hate uh, it. I, I I understand the argument like this has never been done and it seems like such an effective thing why wouldn't it be done and integrated like really strongly in into the, the many, military many times the rebel rebellion's been in a desperate and, and situation why, why wouldn't they have special devices you know special ships that are made just for this purpose with no crew ships, or, yeah. or, or minimal crew giant plates of armor that screen yeah. the larger ships yeah uh, i, I understand that argument it doesn't bother Hol- me as much. Hollywood writers would have to crack a naval history book and figure just just reinvent because that's what they're doing. Like I, honestly, you know what? That's not a bad idea. I think all anyone just writes for Star Wars wants to write a space battle. You ought to take like a couple week course in naval warfare because that's what that's what uh, that's what George is going for. He's mm-hmm. going for Pacific theater naval engagements in the air and the sea that's what star wars ship battles are so like there's a lot of cool shit you can do in terms of formations and tactics and ship types and it's not just all storage star destroyer versus home one that'd be super cool and more visually interesting but you'd have to like you know do do some do some research and and uh and and get get into that but i don't i don't know i yeah i mean this is the kind of the root of my complaints with not limiting not limiting what you do on a Star Wars show, not limiting your visual language, not limiting, you know, the, the technology to what we've seen in the past um, that they have. It it can invalidate or, or make, make foolish some of the older material. And if you still want to keep that stuff in canon, like I don't think the original trilogy is ever going to be taken out of canon, uh, you have to also respect it. You can't just say, well, we're going to do this cool thing because it's cool if it invalidates or makes everything that came before look silly. Yeah, and the thing is, the thing that bothered me with the holdo maneuvers, you can do that. You can lampshade it. You could cover it dialogue. You could you could have somebody be like, this is some crazy dangerous or there's like a potential thing with the space time here. Like, but they just... Yeah, the oh, fact, you're when, val- violating the treaty of... <laughs> Yeah, when Ryan Johnson does shit like that and it's just like there's no comment, it's like, do they know that this is fucking weird? Because it just feels like Mm -hmm. they're just doing whatever they want without... And I think that's literally what Ryan Johnson is doing. I don't think Ryan Johnson gave a shit about deep Star Wars canon. He had a mind of like an epic Mm -hmm. mythic tale that he wanted to tell. Uh, It was beautiful and it was gorgeous and it was deeply flawed from a plotting and character standpoint, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know. And it's a canon event, so... Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, there are myriad ways to excuse it and a myriad ways to, yeah. you know, poke holes in it. But uh, I don't know. Ultimately, it doesn't bother me that much because I don't take those movies very seriously. Uh, uh, how Jaken about, or Jason? Yeah, Jason, I've got a bad feeling about about what about this? almost got almost got there. Gas yeah. <laughs> had some bad applesauce back in the ship, kiddo. Like, uh huh. Or maybe I shouldn't be here. I'm just a child. Yeah, maybe this is scary, Mom. Feeling. Why'd you bring me? Why'd you bring me to an act of war zone with Imperials and Sith and witches? This is a fucking grim fable you brought me here, just a, to, Mom. I think that's just a, a Mark Wahlberg movie, but it's the brothers Grimm. Grimm. They, that's that's sure. right. Are they brothers? I don't know. 
I think they're I think they're they're brothers. All right. I don't know. If, I like this. St- correct us on our uh, Western European uh, uh, medieval literature at Star Wars at baldmove.com. I don't mind this. I don't mind Jason saying I got a bad feeling. This this is very Star Wars. That's cool. More than one person oh. has said it in the past. More will say it in the future. Yeah, they did. Like, what do you think about just not actually getting the quote right? Is that is that is, or we're just riffing on stuff now? Yeah. Why not? Why not? So it's like that. Can we do that with all of our things? Like when the thing comes in to kick some ass, he can say, "It's about that time for clobbering." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean that. Sure. I have no love for for his, the his, Marvel his, for the comic uh, stuff. So yeah, do it. I don't care. All right. All right. Okay. Do it there. Mother, uh, the feeling I have in my guts, it's bad. If there's a character who said, always tell me the odds, get a, get that shit out of here. Don't want to uh, hear it. Did you know the Brothers Grimm were like, they're like 17th century dudes. They're just not nearly as old as I thought. Are they real brothers? Can I yeah. see some? Yeah, some... Jer- yeah, Jacob and Wilhelm. What do you think about that? All right. Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. It's Jacob. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> it's Jacob. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I got that wrong. I got that wrong. Uh, all right, Hu Yang calls out to anyone who can hear him after finishing the engine repairs, but no one answers. <laughs> yeah. And then we go back to the cliff that Ahsoka fell off and find her floating in a star map, let's say. She hears a mysterious voice, which turns out to be Anakin Skywalker. End of episode. Yeah, I was that this to me, I that that this was exciting. Like Oh wow, this this looks like it could be momentous. And where uh, is she? What the fuck is this? Is she literally in the star map? Is she in the the place where sport uh sport ghosts, force ghosts go uh after they die? Is she dead and that's why she's here? So I got an email from Zach who says, I cannot believe they dropped this, the place where Ahsoka ends up on the live action normies. The place is called the World Between Worlds. It's a place where time and space are interwoven. Imagine if George Lucas had switched from weed to microdosing mushrooms and LSD. Then had a good think nice. about what the force is and its greater implications. It's some crazy force shit that was in Rebels and a little bit in Clone Wars. This involves the Mortis gods and the Jedi temples on Lothal. Good luck with that is all I'm saying. Uh, I mean, I think it's a cool idea. And like if, if Filoni wants to like think through the implications of the force and from a practical standpoint, it's uh, impacts on the world. I think that's cool, too. There's nothing about this that I don't like. It's yeah, I've, I've mm-hmm. been saying this a lot on Foundation. Uh, you There's nothing you can't do in dramatic fiction. You just got to do it well. You know, execution trumps idea a million times, like there's a hundred thousand percent. So yeah, a great idea with poor execution always falls flat. Yes, bad idea with great execution uh, can sometimes work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or you can take that bad idea, exception. simplify it, and a simplify simple a simple thing with great execution absolutely beats a complicated good mm-hmm. idea with poor, poor execution. So I, I I'm not I'm not uh, feeling any sort of way about this because nothing about this like it's actually a pretty EU trope that like you know do you remember like when Luke Skywalker in the beginning would occasionally be visited by the ghost of Obi Wan and he'd have visions like this like this is uh-huh. something the Jedi do near-death yeah. Jedi especially probably so 
totally we'll see uh and i don't hate anakin skywalker i enjoy seeing him on screen uh i don't hate hayden christensen i think he got a lot of bad direction uh from yes a guy who doesn't know how to direct actors yes gave, gave absolutely. him some absolutely unholy dialogue you think natalie portman forgot how to fucking act right no she <laughs> right. walked on set and george lucas starts and she's looking at all these green boxes and she's dressed in 17 pounds of her mother's drapes and she's like okay you got yeah. salt and pepper grinders stapled to my fucking hair. I, sure, whatever, George. Um, Aiden Christensen is not the reason I don't like the prequels. Yeah. Ewan so McGregor kind of sucked cool. in, in The Phantom Menace. It wasn't until like uh-huh. uh, the second and third prequels that he kind of you know found his, his footing. So uh, George, gotta love the man for starting the whole thing, but uh, I don't know if he's the best caretaker of this, this franchise. Um, yeah. And I assume he's going to point her in the right direction. We'll see. Do not neglect your training. We'll be right back. Let's see what knowledge lurks inside this podcast. Here's more Tribe of Two. I'll say this. This is the first episode that I'm actually actively looking forward to seeing. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, God damn, I can't wait to see where this goes. It's it, I, so I guess that means it's hooked me at the mid season point. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could always unhook me. I could always True. shake that can, hook, but they can we'll let see. me off the hook. I hope they, I hope they set it because I'll, I'll mm-hmm. run with that line. I'm going to break free. <laughs> All right. And that's it for the episode. It is it for the episode. Let's do some feedback. Star Wars, the bald move.com is how you send us all that feedback. Uh, Let's get into it. Matt from Alberta, brother to the north, says, in regards to the lightsabers in Ashoka's ship. Ashoka's ship. Ashoka's ship. Yes, I love it. Ahsoka sells seashells <laughs> on her shipboard. Uh, the Jedi did use low-power training sabers when introducing younglings to the weapons. The children in the blind training scene mm. in Attack of the Clones are using this style. An attack of the clone also gives another explanation of what these might be. On Genosis, Anakin's lightsaber was destroyed and Obi-Wan's is taken from him by their captors. When the Jedi and clone showed up in the big scene at the end of the movie the rescue, the Jedi come up and produce two spare lightsabers for our heroes, which the pair use for the rest of the movie, including their fight with Count Do- Do- Doku. Doku? I've always right. seen lightsabers like the wands. Well, I guess I haven't always. Ever since I read Harry Potter, I have conceived that the lightsabers work a lot like the light, the wands in Harry Potter, where it's like they are attuned to a person, um, and you might like have uh-huh. a, a special affinity and skill and facility with that lightsaber, but you can pick up another person's lightsaber that's roughly the same model and probably be about as good. It won't be as good, but you're not going to be helpless or anything. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Apparently, it'll turn your color over time. Apparently, <laughs> what I'm yeah, hearing. your soul soul will st- start to stain your your uh, kyber crystal. Yeah. Oh, that's why his saber is only orange. He hasn't been using it long enough. He stole it from a Jedi. It was blue. That's a pretty big shift all the way to red. It just takes time. That's just how morally conflicted he is. It's just resisting the the rotten corruption because he's such a good dude. 
Uh, Rob says, you guys hit the nail on the head with your analysis of modern day Star Wars. Without rehashing the tonal problems of The Last Jedi, abandoning the idea of a gray Jedi is the biggest sin of the franchise. When Ren and Rey realize they love each other in that throne room, there's a clear opportunity to move the plot to both of them breaking away from dogma to something new. They could become the gray, form a new order with the Jedi Force-sensitive kids we see at the end and have the Luke Yoda conversation about the failings of the Jedi be the through line. They could have launched a whole new complex Star Wars of light, dark, and gray characters. Instead, we're stuck with whatever sloppy seconds we have now. Yeah, man. Not this... with Balon. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pristine first. Um, I, I agree with this. I think the biggest sin of the sequels is that they didn't have a plan for them. Yeah. They're like, oh, hey, JJ, yeah. take the steering wheel. And then he gives it over to Ryan Johnson, who violently lurches it in a different direction. And then JJ comes and's like, I don't know about this. And violently course corrects into an even stupid, more stupid direction. Um, but there's just no plan. Like, unlike Marvel, mm-hmm. where it's like you had a person with a passion and a plan to do this in a way that you could introduce all these concepts and thought about how to introduce it in the right order and how to do Star Wars was just like fuck it. It's it's Star Wars. How can we fail? Well, by having yeah, that attitude, apparently, you know, it's it's not necessarily about the ideas in there or anything. It's mismanagement. You have three different people or two different people at the helm, I guess, uh, and and you're expecting them to tell cohesive stories without giving them the opportunity to do so. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah, the brain trust that they had uh, formed uh, after they bought Star Wars to effectively exploit the license just has sucked at your job. This sucked, mm-hmm. and I it's and most of the key personnel are still there. They've like they've got like a creative team now with Filoni and, and Favre, but I I don't know, still not sure Star Wars is in a great place. Uh, Dan says, just wanted to stop and drop two things for you after listening to coverage of Episode Three. As someone who's also uh, read The Heir to the Empire, how Thrawn has handled the new canon is definitely unstable ground, but Timothy Zahn actually came back and gave us far more backstory about Thrawn and the Chiss than we ever had before. He wrote six new books beginning his service and rise through the Chiss military all the way through his time as a Grand Admiral of the Empire. Thrawn is a Chiss. That's a race of blue-skinned, red-eyed people. Uh, the second book in both of the series kind of sucks, but they <laughs> they do lay out the strong tactician that old fans uh, know him to be. So if you want to have a baseline for Thrawn without the cartoons, it's a good place to go. Also, as far as bringing video games to life, the gray Jedi uh, of it all. Well, remember hold on. What- so we can't watch these seven episodes that people say are essential from Rebels or Clone Wars. We're going to read six whole novels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. The thing it's is, is I when did this? Because I read there was a new Star Wars. Zahn yeah, I know Timothy novel Zahn got back in the game trilogy, recently. and I read that. And I but I, I'm trying to think. Did I read the first few books oh, of really? this Thrawn series? Um, huh? Probably not, because this was like over 15 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I can't high speed Timothy Zahn's bibliography. But I, I don't know. I. I'm not going to obviously do this in the middle of the season, um, but Thrawn is one of my favorite characters, and if they really hook me good, that I could see myself going to, you know, because I kind of wanted an entry point hmm. back into like expanded Star Wars stuff. I'm reading a lot more now and reading science fiction, and it's fun to have a book you can finish in a day or two. That's you know, good, a decent. I, I remember some of those things were fucking barn burners, man. I'd mm-hmm. like I lost many hours in sleep in junior high and high school 
showed up bleary eyed to many a day because I just couldn't stop reading the latest whatever Star Wars book. Some shit yeah. ones too, but. <laughs> um. Oh, as far as bringing the video games to life, the gray and the gray Jedi of it all. Remember, one of the best Star Wars games, Knight of the Old Republic, explores the middle ground between Jedi and Sith, and has one hell of a story that isn't Palpatine somehow returning. Man, I made Played three attempts to get into ago. the Knight of the Old Republic, and I never could. I thought the game part of it sucked too bad. I beat it. I, I was interested in it because it was kind of an early, let's say, Bethesda-style RPG. Um, mm -hmm. And it seemed like it had quite a bit of options and freedom of choice and stuff. And I found it really compelling. I thought Knights of the Old Republic was awesome. I finished it, but that was 20-plus years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah, Remember Darth it, Revan's in that or something. I I don't know. It never felt like Star Wars to me, and I think it's because it was based on like Dungeons and Dragons. The the Star Wars there's a Star Wars. So you had the West End games was D six based, and then someone took over the license and essentially hammered Dungeons Dragons three point five into the Star Wars shape. And it always mm -hmm. felt like that to me. It's like, I'm not using a lightsaber. I'm using, a, you know, like they, they, all, they, they didn't do a very good job of translating the universes, I didn't think. And I felt like that came across in the game. Like there's some, this feels like a weird adaptation of Star Wars rather than Star Wars. And I, I didn't like the gameplay either. But I've heard the story is really great. Maybe yeah. I need to find, that's something I wouldn't mind, watching like a 30 minute uh, explanation for what the hell happens in Knights of the World Public because I, I miss a lot of those references too. I tried but, playing uh, KOTOR 2 and I got to a bug where I couldn't travel to the planet I needed to go to and I stopped playing. So I never finished that one. Uh, going back to the Timothy Zahn thing, it's like, does that make me feel better? No, because George Lucas, in my opinion, has fucked up his own works. Like, he doesn't interpret his own works correctly. Uh, he goes back and makes Han not shoot first because he thinks Han is a good guy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't become a good guy. He is a good guy. He would never shoot a person in cold blood, even as, and it's just like that. Like the same with Spielberg putting walkie talkie, you know, covering up the yeah. guns and ET. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. Um, mm -hmm. so like, did Timothy Zahn, did Dave Filoni show up with a beer and say, you know what, I always liked Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, George Lucas uh, or the Lucas Arts or Lucas or whatever incorporated just throughout all the EU. But I want to bring uh, Thrawn back, and I want you to help. And Dave and, and Zahn's like, "Fuck yeah, brother, let's do this." Did he show up with like a dump truck full of cash and be like, "I the mouse is is bade you write more Thrawn, so get to writing." I don't know. I don't know if it's the former. I'd feel a lot better about the situation than than the latter. But um, maybe if they had had Han and Greedo use walkie talkies and have ET shoot first. <laughs> I think that could have solved everything. We all know deep down E.T.'s a motherfucker, right? Oh, that was yeah. all an act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gangster. He, um, he was just trying to act cool for his Reese's Pieces. Yes. As soon as he got that fix, he was looking for blood. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Jim Hadar. Yeah, they won't turn on you as long as you tried to, to drain yourself. the life force out of a small boy to keep himself going. That's dark. Uh -huh. That's pretty dark. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing is like I, it, I and I don't care because at the end of the day I still have my Thrawn if I want to go back and read Heir to the Empire and Captain Pelion and Joris Kaboth and all that stuff and the uh, Y Solarami and I, they're still all there right I could do it I could do it so mm -hmm. if the kids True. want a Thrawn that's like not the same as mine I, I, I don't care but I might not watch it you know what I mean mm-hmm uh, Dennis says it's been an argument over droid rights for quite a while. There's some much canon that says the reason droids 
uh, memories are wiped so often and, and uh, after missions is not just to protect vital info, but also because if you let a droid go unwiped long enough, they develop sentience and personality. The best example of this is R2-D2. Uh, I seem to remember that. Yeah, why do I remember that? Uh, probably because it's a piece of Star Wars canon that you have to, and what the 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 that's like R two D two is the only droid in the entire original two trilogies that had not been mind wiped throughout the whole period. You know, so like, did he, we talk about this when we saw the droid bar? Uh, oh, and Mandalorian, and yeah, or, or was we might have talked about it then. I wanted to say Andor, but I don't. I don't think it was Andor. How do we feel about a platform that's capable of sentience, but as long as you mm-hmm. do maintenance to it, it's not going to be sentient? Uh, I I think I'm okay with that, but it's it's kind of sticky because how long can you wait to wipe these things? How do you tell? You know Is there like some like? diagnostic you can run to see if this thing has attained sentience? <laughs> Do you know, because I, I started think running down like, okay, so like if every droid is sentient capable, but it takes a while to boot that stuff and all those structure, you know, the experiences and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what? It started to feel like I was having an abortion argument. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so at what point, what point in the droid's uh, conscious development mm-hmm. can you pull the plug and it's not... And if like, oh shit, you win a year without wiping your droid, does like is there a droid protection service that comes up and confiscates them because they're now citizens of the new republic? I know sure. that's not what Star Wars happens, but I'm like thinking like I would hope so. Maybe that's why no one's ever touched because like everyone's like, you know what, we should try to do something with like you're either going to run straight into slavery and have people come to grips with Luke Skywalker being a slave master, or you're going to get into you know pro-choice arguments which i imagine uh a lot of hollywood people would would not want to inject interject into a star wars thing i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know or maybe it'd do us good to come to the realization that luke skywalker is a fucking slave master and (laughs) you know look dude we can't even say the word slave in star wars canon now they're retconning the name of boba fett's ship there's no chance they deal with that is that hold true for all the Star Wars or just the kitty side? Because like I feel like Andor, the models are now are called like fire spray class. That's a kitty shit, right? They're not making they're not making Lego models of no model kits. Like uh, oh, they, I mean, people people are building. I'm like shit. I want to build one of these, but they don't call them Slave One anymore. Bandai's gone back and now calls it fire so spray. a bounty hunter that ice cubes up dudes right. dead or alive right. uh, for hire cannot have an offensive ship name yeah apparently you can't say the word slave uh i don't know how they get around that in canon with yeah, java like i said it's but like it's 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 uh, you know, it's, 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 it's tough doing? for me to say i like i said I don't, I don't i don't know what people get triggered by what and uh you know it's star wars at the end of the day we're supposed to have fun but that does does this strikes me without too much thought as being kind of goofy um anyway yeah um brian says when you have a lot to say uh when you had a when you said you had a lot to say about ahsoka going on the wing i was waiting for you to disregard the disregard for basic physics observations that you made many times in strange new worlds at least in star trek you know that once they put on the mag boots and go outside the ship you need to keep your feet on the hull or you float away ahsoka makes two jumps on the second she's floating off the ship which is accurate she should have floated away on the first jump as gravity is negligible Nah, I, this is fine. She's a Jedi. There you go. 
I thought about making this argument, uh-huh. but I'm like, it's dumb because the force. You know, yeah, she could pull herself, pull the ship to her if she wants. You know, I've seen Darth Vader pull a star destroyer out of orbit. I've seen Yoda uh, lift one out of a swamp. They're like, not jumping with their leg muscles, man. They're they're moving their bodies with the force. So it's like I I yeah, Star Wars is the one way one universe where they can get a little wonky in their space physics, and it doesn't. You know, I, I with still this would particular be, character. Yeah, I'd still be upset if they threw a bone stock human out of a ship and they die. Like I didn't have a problem with Leia mm-hmm. doing that because again. She's a fucking force user. But if you threw Han Solo out of airlock and he did anything but die within 20, 30 seconds, it would be like, what? Yeah. So uh, Marcus says Rebels and Clone Wars are the best Star Wars we've gotten outside of Andor and the Mandalorian. The stories and uh, themes are mature and compelling in a way that you can't understand if you haven't watched. The reality is those stories are canon and Star Wars is one continuous timeline. You absolutely cannot separate animated storytelling from live action and pretend as if they don't exist because of the medium of storytelling isn't one you approve of. The same way that Lower Decks is animated in Strange New Worlds is live action, though Gasp, they had a crossover and exists in the same universe. Though that is not a one-to-one because the tone of Lower Decks is decidedly different, whereas the animated Star Wars content is much more similar to live action. You and Jim repeatedly comment on your lack of knowledge or understanding of the Thrawn character in canon as opposed to Legends as if it is some flaw with the storytelling in Ahsoka. You could watch a 10-minute supercut of YouTube on YouTube of Thrawn and Rebels and get more than enough of an understanding. I don't doubt that there will be an introduction in live action, but the reality is this is a continuation of a larger story with the characters who have pre-existing arcs, motivations, and relationships between each other. Be like someone saying, who's this Luke asshole and why is everyone looking for him while watching episode seven for the first time because they refused to watch the OT because it looked old or some stupid shit like that. It just feels like your Ahsoka pods are 90 minutes to get off my Star Wars lawn. Oh, you get it. You get it. You, you mm-hmm. understand, Marcus. That's exactly you cracked the code that you cracked the code. This podcast is for middle 30s, the middle 50s. Star Wars, probably moms and dads that like was super into this shit and just don't know what the fuck is going on. And it's all loud noises and green skinned this. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? We get off our fucking Star Wars lawn. Would you, would you like to, 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 to add anything? I watch Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm not opposed to watching Rebels and Clone Wars. I simply haven't. Uh, I think from a business perspective they need to be doing this more thoughtfully because I would say most Star Wars fans have not seen Clone Wars or Rebels right? I mean maybe that's a a massive misjudgment of the Star Wars audience but I would say it's different when you have a series of movies um, that are titled by episode numbers to say hey uh, you're an idiot if you you know, think they shouldn't reintroduce Luke Skywalker here because uh, I don't know who Luke Skywalker is. Well, yeah, go watch the go watch episode four, five, six. Go watch all those because those are movies in a series. This is an entirely different show. This is an entirely different set of characters. Like, I, yeah, like we I said, if this was built think... as rebel season 13 or whatever we probably wouldn't start it it's right, not right. this is not this is not rebels 2 if this were rebels 2 i probably wouldn't watch it because i didn't watch rebels 1 right I, i'm not going to jump into the matrix and watch the third matrix movie i'm not 
Like that would be unfair of me. I, I think, and I think from a business perspective, it's a bad idea to assume that everybody has seen everything Star Wars, and because like, you, when, it's just not true. And and not, it, look, it's not true in a way that it kind of is true over on the Marvel side. Most people have seen, if they've seen anything Marvel, they've seen almost all of Marvel. Yeah, but they do it better over there. They do it much better. They give me the details I need to know, um, in the movie I'm watching, and they don't really care if I've seen the rest of it. You are starting to see the cracks, I think, in even that approach because as sure, they have more sure. and more so of much. the yeah, yeah yeah yeah, but like you know like, I I I don't I don't I don't know what to say because like I also don't think they're analogous. Like I have never seen the lower decks. I don't like the lower decks. I tried to watch the first two episodes. I thought it's not not me, not for me. I had no trouble understanding the vibe of Lower Decks, the character of Bomer, how he fits into Star Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's like I didn't have like they gave me everything I needed to know. In fact, if I go into episode mm-hmm. seven and they're like, who's this Luke Castle? They ex- he's the brother of the head of state. That's something. He's something called a Jedi master, which seems to be something uh, that, you know, it's like there's they tell you enough that you need to know about Luke to understand how he impacts that story. I honestly, I think they're doing the same thing of Ahsoka. So, like, I'm not even... I haven't lodged that particular complaint. Um, but when I look at a review of something that's, like, uh, an established work that has, like, uh, you know... Uh, I'm getting into something new. Like, I, I did this when I got into, like, started watching Sandman. I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's so much Sandman stuff. Uh, how? Where should I begin? Well, th- you know, they were smart enough to know that, like, most people watching the Sandman TV show as not familiar with Sandman, so I'd have to explain all those concepts. And 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 a lot of times you'll read with a sequel series like you'll see a line in review that says something like this is an excellent on-ramp for new fans because it's a brand new story and there might be some characters and you might appreciate some easter eggs and backstories but it's you, you don't need to know that stuff to, to jump in and, and get in and then you'll read a review that says you know why this is a decent blah 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 it doesn't offer much for people who are not already fans to get in i thought ahsoka was uh, marketed as the former that this is a good on-ramp for people who don't want to watch 87 fucking seasons of cartoons and i think it has been so like yeah i don't know but my complaints last episode were not that like um they didn't explain it it's just like it was just a whole bunch of star star wars retreads it is it, it was it, and it was treading like plot wa- uh, water at the same time I don't know but but yeah this is this is two old star wars men that not happy with the state of their their formerly beloved franchise and i think there's a market for that there i i've looked i've looked on itunes and youtubes there is a lot of people there to tell you that ahsoka is amazing and great and tell you all the connections to the clone wars and the rebels and all that stuff and people don't want that it's out there find it this is for the rest of the people who are just trying to figure it out or having fun with it and time taking a piss out of it and if that's not the podcast you want to listen to get off our yard because that is the podcast this is all right let's move on unless you have you you, you do does your spleen need further venting no you've vented i guess i guess i should speak for you yeah 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 Lonnie coming from the other side says I think they should just waffle stomp all upcoming Star Wars projects except for Andor and reboot the whole IP using Andor as a starting point I don't know if that. I they've already done that uh, what it's it's not Andor as a starting point but they did they they said we've got to stop making movies 
because we fucked it up so bad, right? Like, yeah, they right. had this whole run where they were doing, you know, Rogue One and Solo and all these side projects, and they canceled and killed all that stuff. And then they yeah, rebooted Ka- it with The Mandalorian. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy woke up in her bed, hungover, surrounded by piles of coke. It's like, did I just sign the double Ds? To a fucking trilogy of <laughs> right. oh shit oh shit oh shit what are the ratings for season uh, eight of Netflix Game of Thrones? And get something oh else god going oh yeah we <laughs> I, I gotta swindle the Netflix idiots into into, into uh-huh. taking this because we can't like it was it's it's been pretty it's been pretty bad but I here's the thing I think making everything in Star Wars look like Andor would be just as big a mistake as making everything Agreed. in uh, Star Wars look like Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. There needs to be Star Wars for kids, Star Wars for family. And yes, now that there are Star Wars adults, I would like for there to be some adult Star Wars. It doesn't have to be fucking yes. and decapitation and John Wick shit, but it has to be serious like Andor. And I would like I would like the, the, the mouse that seems like they have an like they got a streaming service where you have to balance all this shit, mature stuff, people for adults, stuff for kids, stuff for babies. Like, just do that with Star Wars, guys. And and that way I can I can choose which track of Star Wars I want to engage with. I can just do family and adult stuff and all the kitty shit, all the Saturday morning shit I can skip out on. Yeah, I think Star Trek is running rings around Star Wars right now in that regard. Isn't that They're wild? Doing, it, right? Because after like Insurrection, I would have said ah, Star Trek is pretty much dead and nobody likes it anymore. And they yeah. came out with, you know, Disco and I was like, oh, it's not for me, but it's like kind of more action oriented. Uh you know like a serialized kind of thing and and now they've got stripes for everybody right they've got the old nostalgia stripe if you want to get in on Picard and eh, some of it wasn't very good so it was now you've got strange new worlds for those old school fans right you've got prodigy for the kids which might have gotten canceled they can't remember you've got lower decks for people who want some comedy like a lot more comedy in their shows I think they're doing a great job over on Star Trek Star Wars needs to find that footing for sure and, and they're, like it. they're coming close. They're they're getting there, I think. And there was a lot of fits and starts on the Star Trek side too. Like that, like yes. it took them a while to get their shit together and kind of figure out. But now it's like, yes, yeah, it feels like it's firing on all cylinders. And Star Wars is still sputtering, even though I think we're in the third. This is again the Felonian far. I, I I'm I feel pretty good about it. But this is the third kind of like, oh shit, we mm-hmm. we need to re, we need to completely rethink what we're doing to Star Wars here. Yeah. When's the last time we had a Star Wars movie? Before the pandemic, right? Was it Solo? Was that the last one? Uh, I think so. So, like, I yeah, don't know. It's been years. It's, like I said, I don't think I, I don't think doing everything Andor style is the answer to. Um, and I didn't. It's clear that the mouse is not going to decanize everything and start start a clean slate anyway. So I, I, I hope someone like Favre and Fellini can go through and. That's one of the things I really like about, uh, for example, Star Trek. Um, strange new worlds is it seems like that brain trust is very interested in going through the old canon that is wildly all over the place in terms of tone in terms of politics in terms of um you know power capabilities and tech and it seems like one of the things they're doing is trying to like with this new series thread all that stuff and stitch it together and make it meaningful um and i i hope that disney can do that with star wars uh it's too it's there's too much money for this to languish in futility forever uh i i hope farv and fellini got it got it uh feloni got it uh got it uh figured out but i don't know still mixed results um 
Christine says, ultimately, I blame Disney for the original sin of turning EU books into legends. I'm 39, and those original books were like my Star Wars Bible. I was pissed when I found out the sequel trilogy was not using the very excellent material they'd already established for them to use. Now, I don't hate that people are trying to correct that wrong, even though it's different now. It's the sequel trilogy's fault that they can't do those same stories now as they no longer fit into the trajectory of the story in the same way. Yeah, that's that's the big shame about the sequel trilogies is that pick the direction for Star Wars to go in and no one wanted mm. to go in that direction. Nobody wanted to go. Like and how do you go how do you run that back, right? How how do you roll that back? You decanonize 3 of the films. <laughs> I've met people who are the Force Awakens fans. I've met people who are the Last Jedi fans. I have never met a fan of the entire <laughs> sequel trilogy. And like in fact, the they're Awakens. almost yeah. violently opposed to each other. In mm. fact, I don't even know if I've ever seen a person who's like, you know what, Rise of Skywalker, pretty fucking good. It's like exclusively people to like, why couldn't things be like the Force Awakens versus mm-hmm. the Force Awakens with bullshit and, and boring and retread. Last mm-hmm. Jedi, super cool, new, visual, groundbreaking it just yeah it just it's, it's the damn shame is the trajectory of that sequel just was in a direction that nobody wanted to go to uh like christine says i also wanted to add that thrawn is still the same cool calculated nemesis that he uses that uses species art and culture against them in battle he actually does that to hair at one point in rebels on her home planet of rylog well that's cool because that's the thing that makes thrawn cool uh he's a thinking he's a thinking man's admiral uh, and he also still has a freaky bodyguard in Rebels, though he wasn't on the ship that got purgled away, so I'm not sure where he ended up. Point being, uh, it shouldn't all be that different. It's just going to be a different story to tell with him in this time period. And that's that's fine. Like, if it's... The the the, the essentialness of Thrawn is, is his cerebral approach to warfare uh, and his emphasis on, like, logistics. Uh... And not the, just like tactics, the gears of war. Is, yeah. is Maroc his freaky bodyguard? I don't know. I don't know anything Ooh. about the freaky bodyguard. That would be interesting if that dude is a Nergiri. Uh, yeah, I could get that. That'd be kind of cool. I, I do think that like if this guy's anywhere, he's just searching for Thrawn, right? He's a fanatical follower. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the other thing is like, is the backstory of that race the same? Are they like all like do they worship this? Are they worship the Skywalker? It's like so that's the thing. It's like it's it, and this goes back to Marcus's thing. Get off my lawn. It's like I tried to be thoughtful. Now I'm just going to be pugilistic the rest of the season. <laughs> I'm just saying this shit was canon, mm-hmm. and now it's not. And people are like, you're refusing to accept the new canon. Well, you're refusing to accept the old canon. Let's have a fucking schism. I'm gonna like fuck fucking put on a hair shirt <laughs> and nail. There's 39 Star Wars novels to all you fucks doors one night and we'll just have a reformation. You know, you guys can break off and do that shit. We'll still have our clergy in robes and giving out the wine. And I don't know. I don't know where this all goes, but it's just like it's very frustrating to have someone say, like, you're just not accepting the new canon when it's like, well, I did. And the only thing I did was get old. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, they're just telling me all my favorite people are that didn't exist. Like that Luke Skywalker that you thought was so cool didn't exist. He was just a cranky old blue milk swilling hobo on a mm-hmm. planet with his <laughs> X-Wing in the ocean while the New Republic bleeds because he's butt hurt. His Jedi Academy didn't take off. Okay, that's <laughs> Luke Skywalker now. Great. Great. Well, eventually you'll die and everybody will forget about the old canon and 
True. Disney can move on and continue. Nah, my to luck, I'll, t- I'll turn it to a force ghost and I'll just be doomed to watch <laughs> preceding generations make Star Wars dumber and dumber. But mm-hmm. um, Steven says, I think you're being a little too harsh on this episode of Ahsoka. Speaking of episode three, I'm not going to try to claim this is the best episode of Star Wars TV or anything like that, but much of your criticism seems to stem with the fact that we have seen some of these concepts and even specific scenes in previous Star Wars media. This paragraph annoys me. Uh, I'm not going to try to claim this is the best episode of Star Wars TV or anything. Can I ask why shouldn't it be? With the amount of money, talent, technology. Look, I time, always hold media up to the high watermark of that same media. Always. Like, right. if something isn't, you know, uh, the best of the genre, the best of its type, then it is a minor failure. I mean, it it might still be very good and very successful, but it is not as good as the best stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like I want to be like, you know, with the expanse, like Naren Shakar built this thing in a cave with spare parts and the mouse is coming to me poor fisting like, oh, I just oh, it's not the best mm-hmm. episode. Why shouldn't it be? Billions of dollars were spent on this. People with collectively hundreds of years in this industry with experience and like two giant like like why are we saying this is the walking dead all over again why are we accepting mediocre on this yeah like the every every star wars theory that comes out should be the best fucking one right oh i'm with you everything should be the quality of storytelling that andor is maybe not the same tone but the quality Steven says, I think it's important to remember that Lucas had a sort of rule about Star Wars that does not repeat itself will often rhyme. Oh, my God. So, like, this is a quote that made me piss blood and my head explode when I heard (laughs) Lucas utter it for the very first time on the prequel bonus material. Mm. And if you think that he was doing this shit in the original trilogy or doing anything other than smoking weed and trying to comment on the Vietnam War and make a fun Republic serial science fiction film, you're as deluded as Lucas got. Lucas, I think it's been long my contention that Lucas read his own press, huffed his own farts, believed all that Jungian bullshit about archetypes and the hero's journey and thought he was on to something. And then he was exposed in the prequels. He's exposed for a big idea guy and a talented visual filmmaker. Because there's some shots mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars that's fucking amazing. But he can't, he doesn't have a handle on dialogue. He doesn't understand why characters care about each other. And thus, he can't make those same emotional connections with us. Except for he did with a whole fucking Legion of Star Wars fans. So I'm obviously wrong. I... <laughs> I don't. I don't okay, know. Man. You're gonna drive Aaron crazy. You're gonna. You're I gonna am. Do it. I am. I am because it's a contradiction. I have all these people bold. All these people boldly asserting facts. I already know that mm-hmm. I've made completely uh, uh, different conclusions from. Like, I, what do I do with this? What do I? What do I do with these? <laughs> I guess you rant. You rant on I, my. I do. I do. I get off uh-huh. my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Why are you doing on my lawn? You're making my lawn brown. Get out of here. Um. He does, I, do, I do like Steven's point here. He talks about like, you know, maybe we we're a little bit hard about the fact that last episode rehashed so much Star Wars stuff. He says, you're missing the point. Sure. For example, in the training scene with Ahsoka and Sabine, we've seen that same scene with Luke and Obi-Wan. We know how Luke did with that lesson. We are also told that Sabine has virtually no connection to the Force, yet we see Sabine do roughly as well as Luke did. 
This seems to call into question whether Sabine's connection to Force is actually as weak it's been stated or if it's just different in some way. So like, you're right. I think I missed the point of that scene. If that is indeed the point that we're supposed to compare and contrast it to how Luke did. We're supposed to compare and contrast uh, Ahsoka to Obi-Wan. And we're supposed to realize that Sabine is a little bit stronger with the Force than we might have been led to believe. So... I'll recognize that I gave into my hate a little bit. And I might have missed that. I will say the vast majority of coverage I've seen of that episode is very much along the lines that uh, that we were following there. Like yeah. this is kind of just taking all of the elements, all of the scenes of Star Wars, and putting them into one episode. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I don't know if it's fair to criticize it necessarily for that I mean criticize it on its own merits I guess because again I like The Force Awakens and I will admit 100% that is just kind of rolling back a new hope oh, yeah, um, it's, it, indeed but uh, yeah so so I don't think we're alone on that island um, and, and though, I will say yeah, that maybe it's not totally fair even granting the stuff that I missed in that scene, I will still say it could use some old George Lucas direction faster, more intense. Okay. Like if, if we are treading over star and we're just wanting to pay attention to the differences and stuff like, I think that could have, that scene could have been a double tempo hmm. and it, it would have retained its utility and not felt like it's just, cause that's the thing like that, that episode is uh, now that I've seen this episode. They had an episode where it's like they need to get to this place and they have to do like maybe five minutes worth of character development, but also we don't have enough time to get into the next thing. So it's like it just felt like a clearing your throat episode, which I always think is bad pacing, you know? But anyway, yeah. Or maybe it's weird or to maybe... say we don't have enough time. I, I, I never understand that in the world of streaming. All right. Why do you think we have two hour podcast for 30 minute tele- episode of television space D- bandwidth and, and, and data? Not, it's all a, con- it's not, all a construct, you know, we're not selling ads. We're not Wait, uh, what? trying to hit a certain amount of time. I'm talking about the TV shows. Like you don't oh, have to yeah, do yeah, any, yeah, yeah. you don't have the constrictions that you have in broadcast television. So why yeah. do I care that an episode is, too long to to be its own episode but too short to be two episodes just jam it all together that's what i'm saying and i i I used to find that excuse a lot more compelling when people were forced to hit like you gotta have a 42 minute episode you gotta do you gotta have a 23 minute episode if it's a half hour but like that hasn't been true in streaming for a couple of years now that like uh-huh. you'll have you know we talk about severance how like it was the master of that you'd have a 25 minute episode a 57 it's however long that chapter needed to be right and they do that on stuff so it's like I, I don't understand why we have these weirdly paced transition episodes anymore it shouldn't be like that you know or find a way to make the transition interesting liminal spaces so hot right now get get liminal with it and if that part of your story is not interesting enough to to make it compelling cut it you know, I can't believe we're getting this pugilistic on an episode of Ahsoka we kind of liked. So, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, Dave says Filoni's plan for the Thrawn cycle is to introduce him to Ahsoka, then continue the story in Mandalorian's next season, and then finally make a Thrawn movie. Take that for its worth, but it sounds right to me. Well, 
why can't you just tell this story in a show? Why can't you just call the show <laughs> Thrawn and tell this fucking story all the I way through? Know. I that money. Oh That's boy, why. money. I hope Mandalorian's sturdy enough to do let's do a Thrawn because I it, introducing him in Ahsoka is fine. You don't want to step on Ahsoka's toes too much, I guess. But I don't think a Mandalorian is like I think Mandalorian is solidly in entertaining, but Saturday morning cartoon in its its aesthetics and plotting and all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas I always think Thrawn is a little bit closer to Andor. Uh, but a Thrawn movie sounds like fucking real cool. So it feels like they're trying to make Mandalorian the backbone of Star Wars right now, and I don't yeah. think it's strong enough to hold the rest of it up. It's the cool full skeleton. He's really cool and it feels like Star Wars mm-hmm. and it's fun to watch, but you're right. Is it sturdy enough to be the, but I don't know. Like I'll see what Farvin and Filoni come up with. Uh, Matt from Philly says as a fan of the rebels TV show, I can't help but feel those characters don't really blend with how they're depicted in Ahsoka and rebels. Hera always had mother was always motherly and strategic. She reeled in other characters from stupid decisions. Sabine had a witty sense of humor. Only Ahsoka feels roughly the same. Why was the choice to make these characters feel so stoic and tough? Their personalities feel now too similar to Ahsoka herself. Are you finding their personalities this way, or is this a Rebels-only problem? And I hate the excuse that the characters are older, so they've just completely changed. Ah, I find that Been through excuse a war. compelling. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of okay. War changes people, for sure. Uh, but I don't have that relationship with them from before, right? So, what do I know? I mean, when you think of Jedi Masters, when you think of Generals, they are stoic and tough. And then you got Sabine, Look at, look at Luke in Return not... of the Jedi right right he comes back he's totally different yeah to, towards it's like it weirded out all of his friends right mm-hmm. um so i don't know but like the thing is like I, you it, this so this might be a rebels only like if because i i watched a few clips like i watched a 10 minute clip on why <laughs> chopper is a war criminal um he's a bastard he is a fucking bastard but there's a lot more humor <laughs> And rebels than I appreciate. It's like I think people that say, "Oh, this is so." I I think there are mature and interesting things, but I think people are lying to us that you don't have to wade through a whole lot of Saturday morning kitty humor cartoon shit to get to it. Because a lot of what I watched that Tim minute Chopper clip was pretty lowbrow, six year old pleasing humor involving droids and the heroes it's supposed to serve. But uh. If this so was maybe a guy, sorry, I was just saying, I was just the, the 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 sum up, Matt. I think you, there is a huge whiplash between how maybe silly and lighthearted the characters are in the cartoon versus the live action. But I would almost say that, like, I wonder if we would feel differently, like if Ahsoka was like super expressive and uh, you know they had all this like you know comedy and like. Uh, you know, like the Marvelfication dialogue, that kind of like pithy. Like, I, would would mm-hmm. that feel like it's a little too kiddy for us? Uh, not necessarily. I enjoy things like that. Um, I mean, look, I enjoy Lower Decks, and it's a lot of that. Uh, I I would say maybe you're on to something if this wasn't a Filoni project, because you know the guy who made the characters is making this show. He's got to be aware of the characters he created before and he's doing something intentional right but what if he's doing the lucas thing where it's like he did all those and it's a cartoon <laughs> he's like you know I, if i if i always could have, could have done this live action i would have done it differently and i would have made it and now he's like correcting maybe for, so maybe this so. is like the ultimate version of it mm-hmm. i don't i don't know either um 
And I, like I said, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. You can do anything as long as you do it well. And I think the average execution on Ahsoka for the like the plotting has been mediocre. This is a good, this episode is like, again, the first one where I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing what happens next. Instead of just like, oh, it'll be fun to watch the lightsaber show. Um, I'm actually, again, I can't wait to see where they're going with Anakin. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see how um, uh, Ahsoka meets back up with Sab- Sabine. Uh, I am totally in on Darth uh, Swanson, etc. So, uh, I think that's going to do it this week for feedback. Okay. Star Wars at baldmove.com. If you would like to tempt fate and step on these old men's lawns, Star Wars at baldmove.com. Uh, if you'd like to find out what else we're doing when we're not yelling at kids to get off of our Star Wars property, you can follow us on social media at uh, baldmove, all the social medias. Except for TikTok, I did that certain point of view thing. Uh, TikTok is baldest move. You can also, uh, if you'd like to support us and keep us doing the podcast, keep us eternally on our mission of keeping Star Wars kids off of our space lawns. You can do that at support.baldmove.com. We'd appreciate it. And you can get a lot of cool stuff for yourself. Ad-free feeds, extra bonus content, uh, lunch with Jim and Aaron, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Support.baldmove.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Hope we didn't bruise too many people's feelings too badly. It's all it's all in good fun. I only uncork this much on shit that doesn't matter. Like, you know, this is this is my reward for having to be infinitely patient with my family when I'm talking to them about politics and stuff. I can just fucking uncork on Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. So so appreciate that. It's an important part of my mental health. Uh, until next week, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. May the force be with you. 